All right, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Renegade Podcast. Once again, my name is Chris, and I am your host. This is going to be a good one, guys. Uh, so, as I mentioned in the in the previous episode, we are going to be talking about the top ten list. Uh, of my knives for the remainder of the year. So we're going to go through each of these knives. We're going to talk about some of my likes and dislikes about them. We're going to talk about a little bit of information on them. Uh, And in today's episode, I have two knives for you. So to continue um, stringing you along a little bit, we're not going to talk about the knives quite yet. Uh, so something that I've wanted to do with this podcast is I've I've wanted to not only talk about EDC stuff, but I also want to uh, just kind of be helpful uh, to everybody out there. So I want to talk about things that might help to improve our day-to-day life, um, the way that we think about things. And what I'm going to do is include some, some helpful quotes, uh, some selections from books that I read on a regular basis uh, to just kind of throw a little tidbit of that into into every podcast episode. And every podcast is going to be building on the previous one. I'm pretty new to this, but uh, I feel like after we do this for a while, we should have a pretty solid bit of content here for you. So the quote today actually comes from uh, one of my favorite um, I guess you could call him a celebrity. He's not necessarily, but uh, he's pretty well known. Uh, and that is Jocko Willink, um, retired Navy SEAL commander, entrepreneur, book writer, um, martial artist, just uh, kind of jack of all trades kind of guy and somebody that I would definitely look up to. And the, uh, the quote that we have here, uh, let's go ahead and do it. Once people stop making excuses... Stop blaming others and take ownership of everything in their lives. They are compelled to take action to solve their problems. And let's just, let's touch on that just a tiny bit. You know, think, think back over your last week. Maybe a little bit longer than that, depending on, uh, on who you are. You might have to look back a little bit further. But think back about the last week and try to find a point in time where you caused yourself a hardship or you caused some kind of thing in your life to not really function as well as it could have. Where did you place the blame for that? Was it my wristwatch was was five minutes slow, so I was late. Uh, I'm sorry, traffic was bad, so I was late. This happened, so I didn't get that done. This happened. so We could go on and on. But think back about one of those those moments and then think as well about how you may have felt or how that uh, that scapegoat tactic was taken by whoever you were, were talking to. Was it truthful? Were you kind of stretching the truth so that, uh, so that you came out a little bit better? And then think about how much more accomplished you would have felt if you would have taken ownership for the issue. Yeah, I traffic was bad today. I ended up being five minutes late, but you know, if I would have left a little bit sooner, I would have been prepared for, for something bad to happen. Um, you know, that's, that's something I think that we can, we can all do, you know, blame outside sources a little bit less, accept the blame ourselves, and then humble ourselves by overcoming that and being victorious over those issues. So, that's the quote for today. Um, if anybody has any thoughts on this quote, I would love, absolutely love 
to spring up a conversation with you. So uh, anybody that is not currently following me on uh, social media, you can find me at renegade.edc on Instagram. Uh, I've actually had a large number of you reach out to me on there and talk to me about the podcast, what you liked, what you disliked, and I absolutely adore having those conversations. So if you'd like to talk about any of the quotes in future episodes or this one that we brought up today, feel free to drop me a message and let's start a conversation. So uh, now let's get into the knives. So like I said, I have two knives here. Uh, both of them are made by ProTech. Uh, one of them is just a direct ProTech knife. The other one is made um, along with Mastrop and Ferrum Forge. Uh, that knife is called the Mordax. And then the other one, which is kind of like its, its baby brother, is the ProTech Malibu. These are fantastic knives and watching a lot of people's um, YouTube videos for for this year you know what their knives are and and all of that a lot of YouTubers have called the ProTech Malibu their their knife of the year or really high up there it's it's a fantastically made knife Um, but we are actually going to start off this episode with the Ferrum Forge uh, ProTech Mordax so Let's get a little ASMR in here, and I want you to listen to this knife, and I hope that it comes across the microphone uh, in any semblance of how it does in real life. So let's, let's give us a listen. Mm. That, that sound. Um, as, as you well know, most people fidget with their knives, and this, this button lock system and hefty blade uh, of this beautiful flipper tab, caged bearings, this thing is a fidget monster. This is something that you can literally drive every single person within uh, earshot of you absolutely bonkers with because they're going to get sick of hearing that metallic clang that you love so damn much. The sound of this knife opening and closing is absolutely music to my ears. I could I could record it, play it on loop, and absolutely love it. I could fall asleep to it. It's it's gorgeous. Aside from that, the design of the knife ergonomically is is fantastic as well. I'm a guy that has decently large hands. Uh, extra large gloves are sometimes a little bit tight. Um, I've got some pretty, pretty thick fingers, uh, as well. So a lot of knives that are three and a half inches blade length and lower, uh, are really hard for me to enjoy. And that's, that's one of the special things that we're going to get into when we talk about the Malibu is it's one of those knives that's smaller than that. But continuing on with the, the Mordax, it has some, some fantastic real estate for, for gripping. So just gripping the, the scales themselves, there is some excess across the bottom. There's plenty of room for, for my thumb. If I want to wrap it around the scales, I can get one heck of a purchase on this knife. And because of that, not only would I consider it an EDC knife, but I could actually consider this being a contender for a defense knife. So when I'm thinking about something to use for personal defense uh, on my person, I typically think of fixed blade. And I carry a a fixed blade dagger on my person every day just because I'm not sure about my feelings on whatever knife that I happen 
to be carrying. You know, I'm, I carry a different knife all the time. I don't train with it. I don't understand it. I'm probably not having the muscle memory uh, to pull it out in a defense situation. So I, I wouldn't really depend on my, my EDC knife for that. But the Mordax is definitely one of those knives that I could see being a contender to replace the fixed blade that I carry, something that I would take the time and effort to to train myself on, to develop that muscle memory, and use it as a, a defense weapon. The, the hand grip on it would definitely keep you, um, if someone tried to take this knife from you, you have such a, a firm purchase on it that it would be very hard to, to take it away. Uh, the sharpening choil also doubles as a, as a finger choil if you wanted to choke up on the blade for, for some uh, more detailed tasks. And the, the aluminum scales, this one that I have currently is the milled version. And the texture on that milling, again, just grips into every fiber of your hand, just making sure that there's no chance of this slipping or, or coming out. The, um, the button lock and the, the flipper tab are actually so easy to use. Uh, I'm not a person that wears gloves even in the coldest of times, um, but if you did wear gloves, this is a knife that would be very easy to use with with gloves on, um, left or right hand. Though wearing uh, using this in your left hand, the button lock is kind of a little bit awkward. Uh, but either hand, ambidextrous use, uh, gloves, no gloves, this knife would be would be an easy one. So let's get into a little bit of the specs of the Mordax. So both of these knives uh, are clad with aluminum scales um, that are, uh, I believe the, the Mordax that I have here is anodized and I believe the, the Malibu is uh, PVD coated or uh, DLC coated, one of the two. Uh, the, the Mordax has a blade length of 3.6 inches and a overall length of, I believe it's eight up, up, uh, yep, eight and a quarter inches. So decent sized knife. Um, very balanced. Has a has a nice balance point right where the button lock is. Is the balance point for the knife. So beautifully designed. Even with the the milled um, scales, that balance point is exactly where I would want it. It just feels super natural in the hand. Uh, so CPM twenty CV steel is is a powerhouse so a lot of us in the edc community you know especially as we were coming up in the edc uh, world we were probably content with 440 stainless or um, even getting up into um, you know typical spider co's and bench made some of those knives that are around that that entry level point um, s30v is a very common steel and i notice with, with my use, that S30V just doesn't hold an edge the, as much as I need it to. That edge likes to roll. Um, it's sharpened all the time. It's it's kind of a pain. And because of that, I've really drifted away from a lot of Benchmade products just because, you know, getting that higher-end blade steel, you know, aside from maybe M4 uh, in, the, in the bailout and some of the other um, expressions that they've got, it's it's just too soft. It's it's not strong enough for for day to day use. It's not something that I could depend on. Um, so it's it's just not there for me. 
but the the CPM twenty CV is is a superstar when it comes to steel. This is the kind of knife that you could, uh, and I have um, cut things on the ground. You know, like I've I've cut sheets of plastic on the ground around rocks. You're bouncing the blade off of rocks, going through dirt. The typical things that would would dull S thirty V or S thirty five V. The CPM twenty CV just takes it and keeps on taking. This is the kind of knife that you could cut big, heavy marine rope with for hours and then still just pop the hair on your arms uh, a couple hours later, especially being sharpened very, very well. Uh, that leads me to the one problem that I had with this knife uh, when I first got it. So uh, this particular one I got on trade. Uh, this was uh, a trade with a good friend of mine on Instagram. I had a modded um, Mordax that he kind of fell in love with the pictures of it, and he really wanted it. So he offered me an exchange where I got a standard Mordax uh, and some some other um, negotiations in there. The The modded Mordax, I, I loved it but I wasn't a tremendous fan of it either. It was definitely not a, a front runner for my, my top 10 list just because when it was modded, I think that a little bit too much material might have been taken off the blade, so I had some concerns about a failure point on the pivot. The pivot felt just a tad bit soft to me, and... Those of you that that do follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen a lot of the pictures of my hands and knives covered in in mud, mud caked into it, me jamming a knife into a floor joist to check for for damage. I I mistreat a lot of my knives that uh, are on my top 10 list just because if they're going to be on my list, I'm going to use them. Uh, And and that modded version was just one that I really struggled with putting it in my pocket and taking it to a job site and going, I can use this thing all day. I can beat the daylights out of it. It's not going to fail. And on top of that failure probability, the modding was also something that kept me from using it. The modding was beautiful. Uh, The the knife was uh, just gorgeous beyond belief. And it almost hurt at times to use it because I wondered if it would fail. And I was destroying that that modding that customization every time i i used it for something so it was a knife i was ready to get rid of it i was kind of apprehensive about getting uh, getting a new one in on trade but i am so so happy that i did because this this one not being modded that pivot issue disappeared it went away completely uh and it's one of the most solid knives that uh that I have in my collection. This knife has done more work than I would say 90% of people ever use their knives for. Uh, It's been sharpened multiple times. And uh, back to my, now that I'm off that tangent, back to that one issue. This one, when I received it, the bevel was incredibly uneven. Uh, So when I went and uh, put my stones on it and put my, my edge guide, the one edge was sharpened to 32 degrees and the opposite edge was sharpened to 20 24 i think which is a considerable difference 
So one side of the blade looked completely different from the other side. It was sharp, uh, but that that unevenness in the bevel really, really bothered me. So I, I took about 30, 35 minutes on the on the wicked edge, rebalanced those those bevels, um, took it down to uh, 25 degrees on each side, and it it's absolutely perfect. <clears throat> Good, strong blade, and, and at that sharpening bevel, absolutely no, no issues with it whatsoever. So this knife, like I mentioned before, is a, is a coordinated effort between Drop Protec and Ferrum Forge. And Ferrum Forge, they're a, a couple of brothers that really started in a, you know, they were a garage business. Uh, so Chris and Elliot started their business in a garage. Um, there was really a passion project for them. They weren't making a ton of knives, but they had a drive to make things that were solid, things that could take the test of time. They could do work, uh, but they could also be, you know, very enjoyable uh, to keep in your hand. So from, uh, I think, 2013 until 2017, uh, they were a pretty, pretty small shop. They were making batches of anywhere between, you know, one and I think 200 uh, knives in their batches. So pretty, pretty small. In uh, 2017 was when they really started to go more into the production side. So they realized that they had limitations and that to get past those limitations, they needed to partner with some people like ProTech. Um, and and ProTech has done an absolutely fantastic job taking the Ferrum Forge design with the Mordax and bringing it to life on and through their platform. Uh, this knife retails for about 240 It seems to be pretty difficult to get and something that MassDrop cannot keep in stock uh, ever. So a lot of times you're going to end up paying probably more than that 240 if you're going to get it on secondary. But if you get a chance to see this um, or buy this, it's, it is absolutely well worth it. Um, you know, I think that's probably actually. Let's let's talk about one more thing uh, with the Mordax. So this is this is another thought that I have, and this isn't a problem with the Mordax, but it's it's an improvement. Um, so at the price point that they're selling the Mordax at, it has the the CPM twenty CV steel, it has aluminum scales, it has the button lock, it has caged bearings. I mean, these are all high end uh, attributes to this knife, and it those are all things that make it amazing. And it also has a flat grind. So a flat grind is is just one big primary bevel with a with an edge, and it it has a decent amount of sliciness, you know. But the the blade steel has some heft to it as well. I think one thing that they could do, and I would love to see a production version of the Mordax implement this, is I would love to see a hollow grind on this with this knife being pretty near perfect in just about every aspect if you could add a hollow grind to this blade straight from the factory this this thing would go from being a top-notch knife to just being out of this world Uh, i think with a hollow grind this knife would probably hit top five material for me Uh, flat grind's not bad at all it's it's a very 
easy to sharpen, easy to tend to blade, but I just think a hollow grind on this would make it so much more slicey, uh, so much more useful uh, to a lot of people. The other thing that I would like to see with this knife is the the flipper tab is fantastic. the The flipper tab looks really great, but they have this this cutout in the top of the scale right in front of the flipper tab, I would almost like to see that flipper tab rotated uh, counterclockwise, probably about, I don't know, 50 degrees, make it kind of a top flipper, which would then take that flipper tab out of the path of the blade on the bottom side. So I don't use my knives for, for food prep, but I know a lot of people do. Um, chopping your food up when you're eating it, you know, food prepping when you're about to make it. I think rotating that that flipper tab, or or um, doing a flipper tab delete with a with a thumb stud or a, a spidey hole or something like that would would also take the Mordax to the next next level. And those might even be some mods that that I think about you know, like a little finger choil or something, uh, and a flipper delete might be, might be cool in the future. So that's it, uh, for the Mordax. Now let's pick up the Malibu. So Malibu, again, another production from ProTech, uh, same exact specs. It has the CPM 20 CV blade steel. It has the aluminum scales. The Malibu that I have is not milled. Everything is nice and smooth, which is actually a really nice change from the milling that's on the, the Mordax because the Mordax milling, it's it's a little bit abrasive on your jeans. So just be mindful about your pants. Uh, the pants that I wear have double-lined pockets around the, um, the right side. So when you're sliding your knife in, I have two layers of denim there instead of just one. So my pants don't have any issues, uh, but I could see if you're just wearing you know, your standard everyday kind of pants where the pocket might get a little bit chewed up by that milled aluminum on the Mordax. So Malibu, just like we did with the Mordax, let's get in that ASMR mode and let's listen to this thing has a completely distinctive sound. So this is the, the Malibu and then I'm going to bring up the Mordax in comparison. Okay, so that was the Malibu. Here's the Mordax. So definitely different sounds uh, coming from both of those. So the Mordax has that real heavy blade, uh, real nicely tuned detent. It it really thwacks, uh, almost like a a spring loaded Protec. You know, it kind of feels like that when you open it up. The Malibu with that little bit lighter blade stock kind of has just a little bit lower of a register tone and not quite the power behind it, uh, but still, still beautiful uh, to listen to. Both of these have uh, deep carry pocket clips. The Malibu, I think, has does a little bit better job at being really secluded and unseen in the pocket. Pocket clip on mine is... Uh, black so it's black scales black clip uh and it just disappears in the in the pocket 
The reverse Tanto blade is strong as can be. Uh, and the the knife itself, even though it's below that three and a half uh, inch blade length that really, really appeals to me, this is a three and a quarter inch blade on the Malibu. It feels bigger than that. Uh, it said my hands are, are quite large. My hands overtake the scale of the Malibu. So I cannot fit all four fingers on or around the scale of, of the Malibu. My pinky pretty well completely hangs off the end but it's still really appealing to carry the ergonomics of the handle fit well i wish that the back side of the handle was just a little bit thicker because again i think that i could get a little bit better purchase on it uh, this is definitely not a knife that i would consider a personal defense knife because the the purchase on it isn't as as good i could definitely see losing my grip on this or if you know god forbid ever had to use it uh, i could see my hand slipping up on the blade um, if a good stabbing motion was in there or if i didn't get a good hand grip on the handle uh, that also being said the balance uh, on this knife is a little bit behind the button lock so as i had mentioned before on the mordax that button lock, you put your finger underneath where the button is or on top of the button if you flip the knife upside down, and it balances right there. The Malibu is about a half inch behind that. So, again, looking, if you ever take a look, bring up a picture of the Malibu, you'll see where your index finger goes, and there's a little chamfer that comes to a point uh, right behind the scale. That is right about where the balance point is. So just behind where your index finger would rest on the scales. It's a tiny detail, but it bugs me just a tiny bit, just a tiny bit. And it was, it's why I would, uh, I know that I haven't placed a numeric value on, on these in my collection, though we're doing the top 10. Um, I would definitely see the Malibu being at the bottom of that list. I would see it in the 10 spot, the Mordax anywhere between six and nine. Uh, I don't really have a particular number for it because I don't focus on things above the top five as much. Um, but the, the Malibu is a, is a hard 10 and it is a knife that could very easily get dethroned from the, the top 10 list just because the Mordax has all the benefits of the Malibu and none of the size weaknesses. Um, continuing on with the, the Malibu, same exact blade steel as the, the Mordax, and the blade shape is even stronger than, than the Mordax. This is the, the kind of blade that, given the scales being a little bit thicker, I, I would use this for all manners uh, of things. It, it has a, a very strong uh, profile to it. This is something that you know I wouldn't worry about maybe even prying with this knife, uh, just because that blade shape's going to stand up pretty strong. I don't condone prying with your knives. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that make pry bars specifically for that, so please do not destroy your knives because I told you to pry with it because you could. Um, get a tool that's made made for that. Don't, uh, don't break your $200 knife because you need a pry bar. Um, but I, I see this blade being strong enough that in, in a pinch, I could definitely use that. 
The Malibu, I think, also goes through uh, better quality control than the Mordax did, and that could be just because it is directly uh, coming from ProTech. It's it's their knife, uh, whereas you know Drop and maybe even Ferrum Forge has something to do with the quality control on the the Mordax. But that bevel on the Mordax was horribly uneven. The bevel on my Malibu is dead on. It is absolutely perfect from from tip all the way through the belly and then right back to the scales. It's it's absolutely perfect. Uh, so no complaints about the bevel, no complaints about build quality uh, at all. And other than the size, my only other complaint, and it's it's a problem that I don't have with the Mordax and I do have with the, the Malibu, uh, so I'm a building spe- inspector, as I've mentioned multiple times in the two podcasts that I've done, uh, and uh, I use a knife for a lot of things in an inspection, and one of them is to test insect damage. So I'll take my knife and I will uh, s- stick it up into termite shelter tubes or emerald elm beetle damage to test how solid the joist is, and the Malibu is the one knife that I have in my top 10 list where when I jammed it up into that floor joist and took it out, you know, you get a lot of little dust and, and wood chips and pieces and it gummed the daylights out of the Malibu. The, the Malibu was just like, felt like I had filled the pivot with tar. It was, it was so gummed up to the point where I could not flip the blade open and I couldn't let the blade fall closed. It basically became a slip joint after that one plug into a floor joist. Uh, I took it all apart, cleaned it. There was a pretty minimal amount of, uh, of sawdust in it. I was kind of surprised by how little sawdust actually ended up down in the pivot. But that tiny bit of sawdust gummed up the entire works, which again would be a minor reason why this knife could very easily get dethroned from from the top ten, and it could it could happen before the the end of the year. I have a couple of knives that are still in in shipping. If the Vero Axon uh, actually arrives before um, before the end of the year, I can guarantee you that the Malibu would be um, dethroned. But it, it's not looking like that yet. Uh, but I. Disassembling it, I couldn't understand how that small of an amount of of sawdust gummed it up that bad. Because honestly, the build of the Malibu and the build of the Mordax are not that different. They're really at about as close to the same knife as you can get as far as the, the actual workings of them. Uh, and the the Malibu just it failed. It, it really failed in that one instance. Now, aside from that, I've used my Malibu for, for a lot of things. Cutting banding on boxes, cutting tape, um, I, sewing my, my handkerchiefs. I have times where I need to cut thread, I need to cut fabric, and uh, as, as just like a sake of experimentation... Uh, I'll take a lot of these knives, I'll put a fresh edge on them, and instead of using my rotary cutter, I'll cut out my fabric with my with my knife. And the the reverse tanto blade on the Malibu does fantastic at all of those precise cutting uh, tasks. Uh, it is still flat grind, just like the 
the Mordax is. Again, I think that actually almost think that the flat grind is probably the best way to go on the Malibu, but it's it's another one of those things that uh, hollow grind uh, would be really interesting, and the Malibu would be one that I'd really love to see a chisel grind option on. Uh, this is a knife that I could I could definitely see using with a chisel grind, just for you know just to say that you had it. Uh, so a lot of the information that I was going to go over on the Malibu was actually already gone over on the Mordax. So I don't want to get too uh, repetitive uh, with that, uh, but you know it, they're they're both fantastic knives. So both in the bottom side of my my top ten, both fantastic knives. If you get a chance to buy either one of them, I think that they would be good additions uh, to any collection. Probably a lot of fun and. For, for the majority of people out there that aren't going to abuse your knives or stick them into sawdusty areas or get them all gummed up, both of these knives are going to work phenomenally for everything that you're going to want to use them for. Okay, so that's the end of another podcast. I intended this to be a really short one, and I'm kind of amazed that 32 minutes has elapsed yet again. Um, so let's round it up. Uh, like I said, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, want to have a conversation about anything that we've gone over today in the podcast, you can reach out to me at renegade.edc. Uh, on Instagram, you can also find me on Facebook at the same handle, renegade.edc. I'm on Reddit. You'll probably follow me or see me in, in various forums, sale and bartering groups, uh, getting some work done. Uh, on top of that, if you pick up either one of these knives and you did so because of anything that I said in this podcast, I would love to know it. So tag me on Instagram, uh, tag me, tell me that you bought it, uh, why you bought it, and then I want to know, do you agree with my impressions of these knives? So I know that this is a really kind of top level down, pretty minimal view uh, of these of these knives, but I think you got enough information here to make a pretty decently informed decision uh, if one of these knives is good for you. So really appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll be doing another episode here in probably the next day or two, going through a couple more of the knives on the bottom side of that top 10 list. So if you liked it, uh, go ahead and leave a comment uh, anywhere that you can, Instagram, Apple, uh, Podcast, Spotify. Let me know that you like it, and uh, we'll see you in the next one.